to go back to NAFTA here, and there is a lot of movement, and we're trying to take a look at what it all means, and it's hard to see where where it's going. You know, and I started here tonight, I was uh, talking about critical junctures, <laughs> and, and that was a good phrase, whether it's in the city of Toronto and, and how the selection and the wards, or what we're going to do about NAFTA. Are we really trying to get a deal? We did hear from the United States, not the president of the United States today, but it was coming from congressmen, Republican congressmen, and we know that they're carrying water for the president in a lot of ways. But Steve Scalise saying, congressman, there's a growing frustration with the negotiating of the Canadians. Now, we know Doug Ford is heading down to NAFTA. What what does this all mean? Are the liberals, do they really want a deal? And are the Canadians bargaining like they should be? Joining me is Ian Lee, Associate Professor of Business, Sprott School of Business. Ian, thank you for being here. My uh, great pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Ian, more tea leaves that you and I can read together. We're dealing with this. I know it's great to have you because it's kind of like a mystery to me looking for, you know, the the walk, the look, uh, the position of the eye. And now we know from the Americans, they're saying, hey, Canadians, hurry up. Time's up. What yeah. do you say, Ian? To me, that uh, sounds like a very aggressive move. Uh, it is. And it suggests to me that, um, I mean, we... I think there's a narrative in Canada that that um, uh, you know that, that the problems are all due to Trump, and uh, let's be clear, he is not a uh, a fun guy to deal with. Um, he's very demanding. He's very difficult. Uh, in addition to you know the, the the rude and and the really offensive things he said in the past, but at the end of the day, he did strike a deal with Mexico, and he was saying vastly worse things about the Mexicans. He was calling them rapists and killers and murderers and so forth, and yet they were able to come to a deal. And uh, so today's intervention, meaning that the U.S. Congressman speaking out, seemed to confirm to me that there is a, gr- a growing recognition in the states that uh, the Canadian negotiators have been being very have been very difficult and are not willing to compromise. And uh, if that if that I that that notion uh, becomes more widely understood in Canada, it may yet. Uh, blow back on Mr. Trudeau. He's been able to argue up until now, and I think fairly successfully. It's not our fault. It's because of this crazy man. He doesn't use those words, but he certainly there's a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's that crazy guy in the White House. Uh, but now we've got Congress uh, men and Congress people saying, "Wait a minute, <laughs> you guys are not playing ball. You're not negotiating there." So, I um, I realize both sides are playing to the court of public opinion. Uh, both sides are. There's no saints in this uh, in this debate, uh, but at the same time, um, it confirms this. The, the 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 stories coming out of Washington about how difficult we are is confirmed by no less than the prime minister himself, who keeps saying just about every day, "I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stand up for Canada. I'm gonna. You know, I'm not gonna go for a bad deal, sort of thing." So, I mean, he's in a sense confirming. <laughs> What the Americans are saying. And, you know, I, here's what I don't get, Ian, and it's true, and especially if you read Bob Woodward's book, I mean, the stories of those inside the White House actually moving blow-up deals from yeah. the desk of the president, I believe them. They sound very real. All these things about this explosive president are proved every day. Yeah. But you and I have talked about this. Canada needs a trade deal. We've yeah. all worked for people who were volatile, and yeah. you go out for a drink after and say, 
pour me another glass of wine. Here's what happened today. But you Arlene, showed- <laughs> Arlene, you are hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, and, and you, I hear these people yeah. saying, oh, well, my goodness me, you know, he's really obnoxious. He's really difficult. Well, welcome to the real world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, over my lifetime and my career, dealt with, okay, well, they weren't Donald Trump, but, it, you know, in the world I well was dealing in, I dealt with some pretty obnoxious people. I mean, there's been books written, how to get along with difficult people. And, I mean, that's why we pay the prime minister the big bucks. And I don't mean it in money sense, but in the sense that it's the most prestigious and the most powerful position in the country, just as the president is in the States. And people fight like cats and dogs to get that position. And you, that person, whoever it is, liberal, conservative, doesn't matter, you're paid to come to resolution on behalf of Canada. And coming around saying, well, you know, the other guy's really difficult, you know, and he's insulting and he's obnoxious. But he didn't always do that, Ian. I thought he was beyond magnanimous to this president, to the point it was a bit irritating, maybe to some Canadians going, come on, you think you're you're so smooth here. Well, it hasn't worked out that way, as we know. But, you know, I have a funny feeling about this. I said, you know, I'm looking at it like a mystery book. Why <laughs> would Christopher Freeland go and sit on on a panel you know, dealing with a tyrant. Exactly. They're not they're not silly people. They knew yeah. how to maneuver this earlier. Yes. And why would the prime minister say this is a president who doesn't always follow the rules? A very right. kind of sanitized jab right. at the president. Yes. And yes. and deserved. But why would he do it? Is it is there a dilemma in the prime minister's office and maybe we're seeing played out here and what we saw the congressman yes. said today maybe is saying if you're playing chicken you better decide whether or not you're going to hit the gas or hit the brake here. Are the poll numbers for this prime minister going up with these jabs uh, on the president? 80% of Canadians do not approve of him, but that's very different than an economic deal with NAFTA, in my opinion. Arlene, absolutely so. And and just to deal with the contradiction that you pointed out in the prime minister, he's been very magnanimous and very decent to Trump. That is true. I don't dispute that. But at the same time, we have to watch what they've been doing in the negotiations as opposed to what they're saying mm-hmm. outside of the negotiations. Let's give full credit to the prime minister. He didn't lose it and start calling uh, Trump all kinds of names. But in the negotiating room, he's been much more hardline uh, without getting into the debate, you know, right now at this moment, whether they ought to have been hardline or ought to have been uh, willing to compromise. But I think that there is a, a, a real uh, debate going on within, uh, behind closed doors at the most senior levels of the Liberal Party, and that is, do we basically walk away, uh, accept there's no deal, and then run on that basis against essentially Donald Trump? Of course, they'll try and portray the Conservatives as being Donald Trump light or Harper light or whatever, but it, really they're going to be running their campaign against Donald Trump. And the question is, will people, it's one thing to say, we hate that Donald Trump, go poke him in the eye. That's one thing. It's another thing to say, yes, it's all right, you can blow up the trade agreement, and yes, it's going to hurt us enormously, especially the auto sector, but that's okay, we've got your back. I'm not so sure that people will have his back at that point when they realize the enormous cost to not compromising. This is what I think they're trying to determine. Will Canadians support him at the end, meaning at the end of the day, meaning on election night, if there is an election, a snap election on this issue? And they may be finding some stuff there. They may be. And look at look at this president. He's on the ropes. He's got investigations. He's got Bob Woodward book. He has. I mean, it is 
Bob Mueller, Russia, yeah. the falling poll yeah. numbers, the midterms, all of those are factual. Do you think, yeah. Ian, there is a debate going on in the prime minister's office, perhaps, and we're seeing some signs that this guy might not be around for a while? I, I think that that's part of their calculus. Or their, when I say the calculus, they're trying to calculate how long will he be around. I mean, if the Senate uh, and the House, the House looks like it's going to turn, that is to say it's going to go from uh, uh, controlled by the Republicans to controlled by the Democrats in less than six weeks, in less than six weeks. And the, now they're saying that it might even the Senate might go. And if that's the case, then I believe that the odds of an impeachment, a successful impeachment, will go up very dramatically because you need both houses. One, the, one votes to impeach, the other votes to convict to impeach, if you will. And, and if the Democrats control both houses, it is not far-fetched to suggest he could be the first president to be successfully impeached. No yeah, and that's, that, that isn't a stretch. I'm really almost out of time here, but I do want to ask you very, very quickly, Doug Ford's going down yeah. there. Uh, you know, it's an optic for Doug Ford. Yes. Clear there's not much anything another Canadian can really do. Uh, but I thought it was very clever of him because he's uh, marking, uh, putting down his markers and showing that he is not on the same page as the Liberals, either in Ontario or federally, point one. And point two, and very quickly, mm-hmm. he's sending signals to the American administration and the American Congress, look, there is another point of view in yeah. Canada. The mm-hmm. Trudeau's view is not the only view. There is another point of view. We really want a deal and we're <laughs> willing to compromise. We so are... he's showing that there's dissent. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Ian Lee. We really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Arlene. Thank you. Cheers. NAFTA emotion. We've been showing NAFTA emotion here in a few uh, not so conspiracy, a few theories. Ian Lee, Associate Professor of Business, Broad School of Business. Don't go away. I'm Arlene Bonin in for Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.